Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, on May 1st, the National Corn Growers Association launched the 59th Annual National Corn Yield Contest. This year, NCGA is bringing an additional feature to the contest in the form of a new pilot class for growers to enter, all centered around the idea of maximizing nitrogen use for high yields. Jim Iserman, an agronomist and farmer from Northern Illinois, helped design the parameters for the pilot. He says the new class includes a 180-pound per acre nitrogen limit. Once we determined that we were going to limit the overall amount of nitrogen to have that 180-pound cap, we came up with a number of rules and guidelines to ensure that this could be employed effectively and fairly across the geographies that we've chosen. So we're looking at limiting the total amount of off-field nitrogen that will be applied. And we're also taking a look at some field sources in terms of things like are we raising alfalfa crops ahead of it or those high nitrogen legumes, things like that. The goal is to really try to take a look at those inputs that are on the field, try to help farmers become more profitable as they look to manage nitrogen sources and their resources better. But other than that, it's really still looking at very similar rules to the rest of the corn yield contest. Iserman says NCGA will verify the records of winners. When a farmer joins this classification, we're basically just asking for all their records involved. This shouldn't be anything too difficult for farmers who are keeping good records to achieve. We are asking them to track all the nitrogen that they'll be applying to their field, and we're basically asking for all inputs just so that we can double check that there's not some nitrogen being applied through processes that we're not necessarily expecting. And then there'll be an audit process for anybody who wins. Before we declare them a winner, we'll go through and do a simple audit process just to kind of check their records, check things such as geo spatial maps, just ensure that everything that they said they applied is accounted for and that they didn't somewhere apply additional nitrogen. Nicole Hasheider, NCGA Director of Crop Inputs and Investor Relations, says the new class brings a new opportunity for farmers to participate in the contest. For all of its 59 years, the premise has really been grow as many bushels per acre as you can, and you get to that number however you want to get to that number. So this time we thought, well, what's a different challenge that brings in some new opportunities? That challenge that we came up with was a limiting factor. And so that limiting factor is limiting the amount of nitrogen. In the last few years, nitrogen prices have skyrocketed. And so we thought, well, that's one issue that farmers are dealing with right now. And then another issue that we thought about was just the conversation around sustainability. And we know that creating synthetic nitrogen is an incredibly energy intensive process. And thinking about how we can increase nitrogen use efficiency goes a long way for reaching those long term sustainability goals. For the first year of the nitrogen management class, NCGA will limit the number of entries to 100 across nine Midwestern states. As Heider says, NCGA hopes this is the first of many successful years of new ideas around the National Corn Yield Contest. The intent is never to take away what, what exists as a National Corn Yield Contest right now. We intend to keep the existing contest as it is for as many years as growers are interested in participating. But I do think there is this desire to, to keep building on the contest and exploring new opportunities. So this is very much a pilot year for the nitrogen management class. But we really do see this and hopefully some other categories down the line becoming permanent fixtures of the contest and opening up those opportunities for growers who already participate in the contest to have a new challenge or opening up to some farmers who maybe haven't participated in the past and want to try something new and different. You can learn more about NCGA's National Corn Yield Contest and the new Nitrogen Management Class online at ncga.com. 
Well, Randy Roker, founder of the Farmer Angel Network, recently spent time in Washington, D.C. advocating for permanent mental health funding for rural America. Specifically, the Farmer's first proposal from Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Wisconsin Democrat, would permanently fund the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network in the Farm Bill. So vitally important that we get this help that she's proposing in the farm bill. The money filters down to the farm center in Wisconsin, and that's how we can access the money for the free vouchers for counseling and everything like that. So it's vitally important that we do this. Roker says the effort has bipartisan support as the need is great in rural areas. Out in the rural areas, we are lacking on therapy and specialists. I mean, it just seems that farmers are left behind, so we need this help out there. And, you know, we're breaking down the stigma of talking about depression, and they realize that too. So it's vitally important to do this. The Farmer Angel Network provides education, resources, and fellowship with a focus on mental wellness and suicide prevention in Wisconsin. A Colorado farmer discovered millet flour is a good substitute for gluten-free wheat products. Farmer Roy Fallsgrass explains where the idea came from. The idea originally came from my wife. A number of years ago, back when we were dating, she was uh, having some issues with gluten sensitivities, and it really bothered me that we essentially had to make two meals. To me, food is community and, you know, to bring people together and to have two meals just didn't really fit that. And so I started looking around for different possibilities. I had tried the gluten-free stuff that she was choking down, I think would be the best term for it. It was not very tasty. The texture was was usually gritty, pretty, pretty rough, and not fond of it at all. Fallsgrass started to explore what different options were available. And I tried a number of things. Uh, some of them were pretty spectacular failures, but I found some research that said millet, proso millet was a good option for substitution in, in wheat flour recipes. Uh, so that's kind of how we started. And it's been a pretty successful. I, I, I've been really pleased with what we've had. We, we haven't had any failures with millet uh, compared to some of the other stuff that we tried. And once they settled on millet, he started to develop recipes. When we finally settled on millet, I asked her, what is something that you have not been able to eat for a long time? And her instant response was biscuits. Set to work, and I, I developed a buttermilk biscuit recipe. You know, those came out of the oven, and they look exactly like regular old drop biscuits. Nothing special at all to them, and they were good. Now, since they came up with using millet flour, they have developed many different products with millet flour, everything from cookies, pancakes, and brownie mixes. Those products are available for purchase on the farm website, pfzfarms.com. Again, that's pfzfarms.com. And finally, here on American Ag Today, National Pork Board representatives recently met with two of Japan's largest importers of U.S. pork in one of the country's top retailers. NPB says the meetings were a sign of stronger partnerships and trust established in the market. One of Japan's largest retailers committed to increasing their purchases of U.S. pork, replacing Canadian pork in the meat case. Also, Japanese authorities are lifting COVID-19 restrictions next month, which is expected to boost the country's economy. The Japanese market has consistently been proven valuable for U.S. pork exports. In 2022, Japan imported over 534,000 metric tons of American pork, amounting to $1.5 billion, and ended the year as the second largest value market. The growth of the market can be attributed to its demand for chilled pork and loin products. Japan's pork demand consists of 62% imported products, with the U.S. holding a 24% market share in chilled and frozen pork. 
That's all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.